You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. going on guys welcome to another episode of peer pleasure with dewey halpas on eagle vision records and sound talent media i am dewey your host with the most bringing you more great content week after week this week today right now we have another part two with one of my favorite human beings one of my favorite guests on the show so far he was back on episode i think 15 it's now time to bring him back on episode 189 Mr. Nick Reinhardt from Terramelos. And this dude is one, this dude is redefined guitar. He's redefined guitar playing. He's a brilliant musician. He's a YouTube star from pedalsandeffects.com. And every he's done late night shows. He's done uh, you hear in the episode of he's got some pretty cool people he's jammed with lately that we talk about. Uh, but one of my favorite people, and you just listened to Thomas Arak from the Fall of Troy yesterday, that same tour I was talking about, worst tour ever, like cold, awful, that was, Tara Mellis was on that tour as well, and that's where we met. Uh, Fall of Troy was bringing all the uh, all the Tara Mellis guys out on tour trying to get them exposure because Thomas believed in these guys, and uh, fuck yeah, he did. Nick's amazing. Nate's amazing. John's amazing. Vince is amazing. All the guys from Terramelos, uh, when we were touring with them, Vince was still playing drums. Luckily, we got to meet uh, John Clardy, the new drummer. Well, he's not the new drummer. He's been on all the records pretty much, uh, but we've known them a long time. So, And as you guys know, John Clardy is fighting cancer right now, and we talk a little bit about that. 
Um, but all the love in the world to John Clardy. Um, if you guys hit him up on socials, I think he's still got the GoFundMe page going. But fuck, man. Cancer is fucking with everybody. And I hate it so much. Um, so many friends and family members have been touched by this. And, and yeah, anyways, I'm not going to get into that now. But much love to you, John, if you're listening. Uh, and, and much love to Nick for coming on again for a part two. And we will get John back on for a part two as well to talk about his his journey and and what his life is is uh, where his life is headed and and um, yeah he was one of my favorite guests as well so anyways let's get some business out of the way and we'll jump into this one uh, peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website uh, if you want to get in touch with me peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email shoot me anything guest ideas comments questions any of that jazz and uh, man I am just so happy that we're pulling off this 12 days of peer pleasure. It was an idea. Then it was a, a more real idea. And then it was looking at actually making this happen has been a logistical balancing act. And, but we're pulling it off. We got two shows left after this one and then it's over and it will be nice. And I'll be a little bit more relaxed when it's over. But I love the fact that, we're getting to bring you 12 episodes in 12 days, the 12 days of peer pleasure leading up to Christmas. And man, I couldn't have asked for better guests to have on this thing. And and yeah, so anyways, I'm going to stop blabbering. Let's get into my conversation, my part two with the great Nick Reinhardt from Terra Mellos. Yo, how are you? Hey, dude, how's it going? Good, man. Can you uh, can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you fantastically. Nice. I can I can hear you and I can see you fantastically. Excellent. Do you see my buddy? I do. It's funny because at first <laughs> <laughs> you weren't you weren't like in the frame at first. Something was covering it on my screen. I was like, "What am I looking at?" For a second here. <laughs> That's Brad motherfucking Pitt, my friend. Nice, dude. Yeah, he's kind of like the one, right? He's the one, dude. He, we have ties to Brad Pitt. I, I was thinking back on our last episode we did, and 
I think we had the idea of tweeting at Brad Pitt as much as we could with stupid shit like like we didn't know who he was. Like, hey, I loved you on two fer- or between two ferns with Zach Galifianakis. Have you done anything else? <laughs> shit like that to try to get him. You were talking about nice. how like you think we could you could tweet anybody and probably get to them if mm, you did mm-hmm. it the right way. I actually probably since we talked last, I sat behind him at like a charity event. That's what I want to talk about. I was at the table seated like right behind him. And actually, I think he was wearing that hat. Like that's a hat unless he's got like different kinds of them. He was wearing like a a Newsies type cap like that. Yeah. I can't tell if that one's like a fabric or if it looks kind of leathery, but the one he was wearing was like a gray fabric type hat. Yeah. It was probably, probably cheap too. It was probably super cheap. Hold on real quick. Cause I, I want to, I bet I have the, I like snapped a photo. Dude, weren't you there with Tim Armstrong and like the red hot chili peppers guys? Yeah. Did we talk about this? Is that what we talked about last time? Yeah, but no, 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 no. We talked about this at your show with minus the bear. This wasn't on the podcast. I wanted to talk about this because after we did our episode, of course, you run into Brad fucking Pitt. That's funny. I didn't even put two and two together that we had actually talked about that. Hell yeah. We had a a story about making up something about like handing some kid an envelope at a festival and then walking away. Uh, I should have went back and listened to it. It was funny, but uh, yeah. Shoot. I wonder if I... I'm like, why? I there's no way I would have taken those off my phone. Yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll look for them. Actually, hold on. Wait one more second before we get going here. Just a sec. Hold on. Oh, we're going. This is fine. Oh, oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, hold on. I know. I I know. I texted it to Ron and Shay. Ron and Shay. Ron and Shay. Shout I'm out to Ron and sh- Shay. Shit. Hold on, because now I I really want to see. <laughs> Or wait, maybe it was Shay. Hold on. Let's see. Hold on. We're looking here. We're looking here. I just had Thomas, uh, uh, Fall Troy Thomas on the other night. Nice. It's been a long time. He was like episode six, five and six or something like that. Damn. I can't find this, but yeah. Anyways, there you go. <laughs> Dude, Brad Pitt, Tim Armstrong. Uh, it wasn't the Red Well, the Red Hot Peppers were playing, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is so fucking weird. Yeah, it was very surreal. Only in LA. Mm-hmm. Dude. Okay, so I'm good. I'm good here. You can hear me, you can see me, and I'm good to go. You like my levels on this thing? Yeah, dude. You're great. Okay. Great. I, it's super easy. I'm glad cool. to see you. It's been a long time. Okay. Ditto, yeah. Good to see you too. Minus the Bears second to last show, I think, is where I saw you last year in Portland. Yeah, they ended up adding a whole bunch of <laughs> Seattle shows. So second to last city they ever played. There we go. Maybe f- <laughs> Maybe like fourth to last show or something like that. <laughs> Good lord! Well, how are you, man? How are you, how are you holding up here? I'm I'm well. I uh, I'm staying put. You know, following the rules. I'm wearing my Tony Fauci hat that I got because yeah, I believe are. in science. I believe in science and wearing <laughs> masks and <laughs> being safe. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, it's been weird. Just as probably every single person on the the planet would say but yeah i'm i'm hanging in there and doing doing whatever i can you know yeah about yourself um i'm i'm the same boat i'm laid off now from work so i've got like probably a couple months 
to where my wife's just like, do the podcast full time. Like, fuck, okay. So I have been. Sure. I've done like six episodes this week. And then uh, I've already got like, I don't know, 14 in the can. It's crazy. I got to slow down because I'm going to run into episodes coming out like a year after I do them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, I mean, it's, it's nice to stay busy for like the first maybe, I don't know, three months of this, I was very, very not busy kind of intentionally just because it was so weird and Mm -hmm. I really didn't know what to do. So lots of just like, I mean, it's every day is lots of around the house time, but it was like lots of couch time watching movies and just kind of like, I guess, adjusting to whatever this is now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that first, that first time everything went down, like didn't know what was going to happen. And now it's like the second time I've already been there. Like, it's just a matter of of writing it out i think like it's it's fucking crazy and having i mean are you are you living by yourself then yeah i live by myself i have a dog which is very helpful yeah. it'd be it'd be really weird to be going through this without like any living creature in the house with you but it's funny you say going through it for a second time i'm like what do you mean a second time? It's still, I'm still locked, locked up. You know what I mean? Like it, like it, nothing changed for me, you know, in terms of, I mean, you know, uh, I guess, yeah, no, like generally speaking, it's been since maybe, uh, I don't know what month there was like, you know, a specific date where I was like, okay, this is extremely serious. So Mm -hmm. Oh, like from here on out, I'm going to the grocery store, the laundromat and like Del Taco sometimes. And that's about that's that's basically what I do. You know, that's your treat. In terms of, yeah, like leaving the house kind of thing. Wow. So this whole time, that's insane. I see. Yeah. I went back to work and uh, everything opened up again to like you could go to a restaurant and sit at every other table. And so everything feel like everything kind of went back to normal for a second. And then no one was abiding by any of the rules and they shut everything down, at least up here in Portland. I don't know about down in LA, but yeah. Oh, fully. Like you would drive down the street and the restaurants, you know, the entire sidewalk would be filled with people Mm -hmm. and you know, it was crazy, but no, I I, like, I haven't eaten at a restaurant. Uh, I did get a bagel and sit on like a bench and eat it (laughs) one time. Uh, And then, you know, I've like, I, I visited my parents, but, and, and actually I did do one, um, like friend hang, mm-hmm. but it was like, okay, we all quarantined for five or six days beforehand, like hardcore. Um, nobody worked, nobody did anything. Um, got a test, you know, on the sixth day or whatever quarantine the next day. And then met up for like a Saturday and a Sunday hang where we just stayed in the house and played board games or whatever, you know? So that was like my, that was like my one fun thing that I've done for, you know, two days or whatever. That's wild, man. And you guys are so, and you guys are spread out now, even, even worse than before now, because John's in Texas and Nate's in, Nate's still in Europe, right? Uh, for Taramel, as yeah, far for as Taramel, like if you want to do yeah, like a live oh, yeah. stream or something where bands have been getting no. together and doing that, that's not even really an option. No, yeah, <laughs> that's like full. Nate lives in Switzerland. Switzerland, John's, that's right. John's in Texas, and yeah, no, it, we haven't even had like a. Uh, I was actually just <laughs> musing to John yesterday. He and I were FaceTiming that I don't think we've had like a band con like a conversation related to band stuff and probably maybe close to like two years now 
as far as like, oh yeah, let's do something. You know, it's been very quiet. As That's far crazy. As that goes. So it was already yeah. quiet before all this happened. Right. Well, and you know, uh, John got yeah. Hodgkin's lymphoma. Yeah. So that, so that happened it, that far back. This, we were like, John got that uh, maybe, and I think he was diagnosed in January, but yeah, for like a full <sighs> year before that, we were like, just, you know, not doing mm-hmm. anything, not, not one email of like, Hey, we should do something or think about stuff, you know? So anyway, and then, you know, John's thing yeah. happens and blah, blah, blah. So is that because you yeah. were so busy doing other things or was it, was that kind of approaching like an end point? Um, Hmm. It's. Wow. Interesting to think about it that way. Um, you know, I guess kind of all of the above, you know, Nathan, Nathan lives in a different country on a different continent, you know, with a whole world of things going on. You know, he's like a really, really private person. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, he's just got like a whole thing going on and, then I was like, okay, well, if he's doing that, I guess I'll do my thing and kind of, you know, try and get other things going. And then I spent basically a year kind of prepping all of that. Yeah. And then John gets cancer yeah. and then COVID hits, uh-huh. you know? So it was like, it was a crazy kind of like weird time, but um, yeah, that's kind of like how it all has you know, led up to this point. Yeah. I see. I didn't know that. I didn't know. Uh, I guess maybe I didn't notice that it, it had been quiet because, uh, you know, I had just seen you guys like, you know, I, yeah, that's weird to think about because I had no idea until John posted that. I mean, and then Juan had his accident and right dude, here's what's fucking crazy. I'm pretty sure. Oh, so you introduced me to Juan. Juan came on the show. We had a fucking blast. He's one of the best people ever, as you know. <laughs> he texted me afterwards like, dude, that was one of the best interviews I've done in years. And I was like, dude, that makes me feel so good. <laughs> I randomly hit him up a little while later. And, you know, he doesn't hit me back. And it goes like two or three days. Then the accident announcement comes out. I'm pretty sure right. I texted him that morning. And I, I was like, fuck, No. And, oh my God. And then, yeah, so, and his episode hadn't come out yet. So I I texted his wife or or messaged his wife um, saying, hey, can I send this episode to you and you listen to it and let me know if I can put it out still? Like, because I know it was like a crazy thing. And she's like, no, absolutely. Like, put it out there. It was like one of the last ones he had done before the accident. So I was like, okay, have her blessing, put it out there. Did fine, did really good, you know, but it was crazy trying to like put all that together. Like, cause you yeah. have the YouTube channel. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. All of these things that yeah. were, we just, we just like, you know, skimmed over They're all kind of happening simultaneously, Yeah. you know? So it, it was a really strange. And then like the one thing's crazy. The John thing's crazy. The, my band kind of, Uh, doing whatever it's not doing in Mm -hmm. the first time in 15 years is crazy. And then you add COVID to that. It was just like a crazy, like tsunami wave that just slammed, you know? Yeah, dude. I mean, how, how are you dealing with all that stuff? Like, how do you deal with things? I've known you for a long time, but we've never, we did the tour together. Then we see each other every once in a while. Right. Like I don't know you like, you know, someone I see every day but you always have such a good attitude and you're always so positive. 
um, you know, and just like busy, right? Like, like always doing something. How are you, how are you working through that? Like, what do you do to work through that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's, it's strange. Cause like I said, the first few months of COVID, I was full on just like, I'm not doing anything. I don't, I don't feel like creative. I'm not like, there's nothing I'm working on. Like, I don't think I, there was no music. I was even like thinking about probably wasn't even playing guitar for a while either. Um, and I don't, I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. I was, I was thinking about this the other day while walking my dog. Cause there's just some shit that you just can't control and you have, mm -hmm. you have just no, um, yeah, no control over, you know, it's weird. Like if I lose my wallet, like I've lost my wallet a bunch in my life and losing my wallet is so fucking stressful. Cause I'm like, where the fuck is my wallet? And like you retrace your steps a zillion times and you're like, man, there's so much important shit in that wallet. And I'm like, well, wait, I was in like this city by my dad's house yesterday at that gas station. So I'm going to drive all the way back to that gas station and fucking search the bushes. Cause maybe it flopped out of my pocket and somehow ended up in the bushes. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, There's yeah, like yeah. a weird anxiety uh -huh. over something that like, you're like, well, I, I should be able to, to control this and get a handle on this. Whereas like your friend getting in an accident or getting sick or, you know, your band not really doing stuff or, or anything. There's just things that you can't control. So you're just like, I just got to move forward or not move, not move on. Just like, all right, it is what it is. Let's roll with this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that like the one thing or the John thing or any of this stuff, it's the, like, it's all the craziest things that have ever happened to me. Like, like I've never been that close to like heavy stuff like that, Yeah, you know, but I don't know. I just, uh, maybe I've experienced trauma in the past or something that's kind of like prepared me for like heavy stuff, maybe things that I didn't realize were preparing me for it, you know, mm -hmm. but like, like, yeah, the one thing is insane. It's scary, but what else can we do other than, well, you gotta, you gotta wait this out and we got to do all the right things. And that's mm -hmm. all you can do. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas it's like, it's out of your control. Something like that is so big and crazy. It's out of your control. So you just got to like go through the steps, be available, be as helpful as you can be. And just like, you know, and roll with it basically. Yeah. That's, that's wild, dude. It's absolutely wild. And yeah, all at the same time. And then, so you spent a while, you know, like you said on the couch, you know, watching movies, watching TV, just kind of chilling out. You weren't playing guitar or doing music through any of that. No, not really. Is not that really. the first time in 15 years you've had a time like that? Well, it's maybe the first time since that minus the bear tour, since mm -hmm. that minus the bear tour ended that there wasn't like a plan, you know, like I've put all my eggs in the Terramello's basket. Yeah. Basically, yeah. you know, like I started doing other fun things here and there, but it's like, this is the thing that I'm going to like, ride or die kind of thing, you know? And so there was always just something going on like, okay, this tour cycle's over. You know, we did a bunch for whatever record. So now I guess the next thing will be, we'll start thinking about writing another record, you mm -hmm. know, but this is the first time that it was just like kind of silence, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, well, actually what happened was I, I have like on display in my living room, just like sitting on a chair, I have like this old, I don't even know what brand it is. Uh, 
acoustic guitar that mm-hmm. like my dad gave to me or something a long time ago. And I just had it like sitting in this chair that it looks nice at the corner. And um, I started playing that just like I'd pick it up, like, and just strumming around on it and stuff. Like when I was watching TV or something or a movie. Um, and then I kind of started enjoying oddly playing acoustic guitar and just kind of like, you know, that turned into, Oh, this kind of sounds like a song. Well, you know, and the disheveled cuss record could easily translate to an acoustic guitar anyways, you know, like that kind of style or whatever, just like, I'm not like tapping shit out or writing experimental music on this acoustic Mm -hmm. guitar. Um, but yeah, so then that's, that turned into, Oh, I'm kind of really enjoying playing acoustic guitar. I wonder if I could maybe, make a record and or something out of this and that's what i kind of started busying myself with like kind of all right eye on the prize i'd like to get something done during the covid era Mm -hmm. you know like i want to have something to show for this time that was so weird in our lives so i i started working on a record that is like acoustic based music i guess interesting so you you said your dad may have gave you given you that guitar did he play guitar my was dad he, was did, he a musician? He is a musician. He's well, a musician. Okay. He 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 has guitar. You know, he has electric guitars and he plays like Rolling Stones licks on okay. them or something. <laughs> That's badass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, I wish yeah, I wish I had musical parents cuz I would have started a lot younger. But uh It's funny. I I always think about that and like I'm not sure my dad knows like my dad loves music. My dad is like an active music listener. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. loves music. And I know, I don't know how often, you know, he currently picks up a guitar and plays it, or I don't know even know how much he did back then. But like, you know, that's, that's what introduced me to playing guitar was like my dad's Yamaha sitting in the guitar stand, electric guitar that I could pick up and strum. And he had like, you know, all of the guitar world magazines from like, you know, 89 to 94 or something cataloged in a mm-hmm. cabinet that I could flip through, you know? So that's like my earliest memory of like, Ooh, guitar playing music, you know? And so that definitely came from my dad. I just don't know. I don't know if my like DNA has music in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, your D I mean, your, your DNA is insane for music. If, if that's the case, <laughs> because you make some of the weirdest music and the way you understand it is so fucking crazy. Like watching you like back touring together, like watching you like just warm up or like or just jam on something for sound check. I'm just like blown away, you know, and then uh, I remember your dad coming to one of the shows. Um, I, I don't re- was he living up in like Orangevale area or like uh, San Jose? That probably would have been my mom and my stepdad that came okay. to maybe, maybe that was maybe it. like the, bo- the boardwalk the or boardwalk something like that with that fucking but, weirdo but- sound guy. <laughs> But you know what? Yeah, Claude, good call. Uh, man, that's a that's a deep reference. Um, Dude. But my my dad, I, if we played the Troubadour on that tour, I don't know if we did or not. I feel like we may have. Ooh. Did we play Where did we play in in Southern California? Oh my god. Did we play Chain Reaction? No, that was that was okay. Orange County. But um Okay. Uh, well, it's it's possible my dad did come to one of those LA based shows because he always came to. But like, yeah, in any case, you probably met some some of my parents on that tour, but we did play yeah. the troubadour. We did play the troubadour because I sent that tambourine out into the crowd and it never came back. I remember that. Okay. There you go. So my dad was probably at that show. Yeah. Okay. Dude, yeah, Claude. <laughs> Claude's his name. The the, the yeah. boardwalk sound. Do you have stories of Claude? Because that guy well, was so weird. You know, like so just 
for anyone listening that 99.9% of people have no idea what we're talking about, but that like for in the mid two thousands, if you were a touring band that played Northern California, a lot of times like the all ages, like appropriate venue for like a uh, medium sized bands was this place called the boardwalk. Um, and there was this like kind of like legendary weirdo sound guy named Claude. Um, and he was kind of like infamous for telling you to turn down and being really annoyed at you. And just like, like a, a very classic, like annoyed sound guy that like you would make a meme about like yeah. in 2020, you yeah. know, 15 years ago, that was a real thing. Like we all <laughs> experienced the real thing. And so Claude's thing would always be, especially with Terramelos, we were a four piece at the time. Well, bef before we toured with you, yeah. Dewey, when we were a four piece, like he was always so mad about how loud our guitars were. And we'd be like, well, fuck it. Just don't mic the guitar amps. It doesn't matter. Like, let's leave them loud. Yeah. And he would just like, this is this like, again, this gets memed constantly, but like we really did do the thing where he says, okay, turn your amp down. And we kind of mime turning the amp down uh -huh. and he'd go, okay, that, that sounds good. <laughs> We're like, well, okay, well, we didn't turn it down. We tricked you. <laughs> so, and, and he was just like, I, it's hard to describe this dude, but I bet if you, if you Google orange veil, the boardwalk Claude, I'll bet maybe something comes up with them. Cause you got to get the image. He was just this kind of like jittery, weird kind of dude. That's always just like, I don't know. He always seemed like maybe he was on something. I don't want to <laughs> say that. I don't know that for sure. I don't want to spread that rumor, but like maybe like coffee, he, he'd always seemed like he had just had like 10 cups of coffee. Yeah. And he was running around like a chicken with its head cut off. You dude, know? I remember him tell us to turn down. I'll make you sound good. I'll make it sound so good. Just turn down. Yeah, that guy was weird. I remember. Have you ever toured with the '68 or uh, any of Josh Scogan's bands at all? Or, or I have no no idea what that is. But okay, do tell. well, he's he he was the singer for Norma Jean, uh, original singer for Norma Jean. Quit and started a band called The Chariot, and then okay. uh, big in like the tooth and nail solid state scene, right? But he's a super super amazing dude and a really good storyteller. And I remember walking into the back room. Uh, at the analog cafe here in Portland and he was just playing with the Emory guys and he's actually standing on the couch like telling this Claude story and I totally missed it all I got there was right after he said it and everyone is dying laughing <laughs> and we did not have time to repeat it so I'm still curious on what that story is but he was so animated about it and everyone knew what he was talking about because of course they'd all played the boardwalk in Orangeville which yeah. is like a uh super small club if i remember right it's like what 500 capacity maybe some maybe it was it's maybe like small. three 300 yeah it's you a don't small need to like rock club yeah well and, but it, the cool thing about that was like you know that, that was i'm talking like 2004 into 2005 when mm -hmm. we played there consistently i guess we went uh, into 2006 maybe we were still playing the boardwalk or maybe even a little further but like you know we earned the respect of claude you know what i mean like yeah. by the end of our set every time we played there basically like the boardwalk and, and this little scene was like when Terramello started, it's like, okay, we want to open for the locust and whatever Portugal, the man or whoever it is like mm -hmm. the cool bands that come through these arms of snakes. We want to play with those bands. So we got to know the promoters, you know, as you did, I don't know mm -hmm. if this is how it works in 
2000, well, maybe 2018, 2019, but like back then the way that we existed was, okay, get friendly with the promoters and, you know, just prove to them we can bring people out. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we would get to open for these shows and like, fuck, we hope there's like enough people standing towards the front of the stage by the end of this. So like the, the venue and the promoter and the sound guy, everyone likes us Mm -hmm. and which we did, which was awesome. But yeah, I just remember being like, whoa, this is cool. Like Claude likes our band, even though he's like really annoyed with us. Like by the end of the set, every time, sure enough, we've earned his respect and he's stoked on it. So dude, it's hard to earn the respect of a sound man. Yeah. It's a different breed of human being. Actually, it's funny because, um, on that minus the bear tour, uh, I have this crazy guitar amp. That's like, it's, it's a JCM 800 head that is, um, kind of in the body of a PV 5150 cabinet, uh, um, combo, Mm -hmm. a a combo, but I have it like disguised. So, uh, trying to remember it's been dude it's been fucking two years since i pulled this amp out of my storage space uh the controls are on the back of it whereas normally if you picture a marshall amp the mm-hmm. controls are on the front right yeah well i've got like a faceplate around it and the marshall head is basically upside down and backwards in this cabinet this pv5150 mm-hmm. cabinet because that's the only way it could be kind of uh you know fixed to to sit in there properly yeah and so on that minus the bear tour you know, we would get there after minus the bear was done playing, we would set up and sound check. And we had our sound guy Ron with us at the time, but like, you know, the, the house sound guys would come up on stage and, you know, start setting mics up and they're, they're already cranky. Well, which they shouldn't be cranky because it's like, well, you, we have our own house guy, so you don't even have to worry about stuff, but yeah. sound guys are always cranky for one reason or another, you mm-hmm. know, and like, whatever, <laughs> like bless them. Cause they, uh, who knows what they have to deal with. But anyways, so, you know, sound guy in any random city would be like setting up mics and just kind of cranking at a big, yo, did you see my guitar amp over there? And they'd kind of like look up and be like, yeah, what about it? I was like, go check it out. Go look behind it. <laughs> and then they'd go see that it was a Marshall JCM 800. And they'd be like, whoa, dude, what the fuck is this? And I'd be like, yes, I got this guy respects me now. He's yes. going he's gonna to help out and be all smiles. So dude, that was the that amp is a fun way to get like sound guys on your side. Dude, you went over that amp on your rig rundown. That's right. Yeah, dude, that's that was so awesome. I remember when... <sighs> You had you had your pedal board in like a keyboard case or something when we toured together. There was so mm-hmm. many pedals on there, and now like shit's painted and like uh, you were using what a man wasn't like a keyboard amp like it's like a Music Man or like a uh, a Roland. It's a Roland amp, isn't it? The what one you, you were using right, when oh, back then. Fuck. It was probably the tour after that. Like you you like downsized. Yeah. Um, well, I've gone. I see like them all the time. I don't know what they are, but they're like a like a, a rolling jazz chorus amp. Yeah, that's it I right mean, there. I, yeah. I, yeah. I'm staring at one, two, three, four, five of them up against my wall oh, right Jesus now. Christ. Yeah. It was like a uh, yeah that that for I didn't actually do that. I don't believe I brought one on the minus the bear tour, but for for a long time I was running like a stereo rig, um, like uh, a a parallel rig, I guess you would call that where I, out of my DL four, I went into two different amps, you know? So it's not like, basically it'd be like an ABY pedal with just both amps on at the same time. So I would send my signal out of my pedals to both guitar amps. And well, 
it's it went through a few different iterations. It was the 5150, then it was a uh Supra Jupiter, and then most recently the JCM 800. Mm-hmm. And that was like one guitar, and then the other guitar was the Roland Jazz Chorus, okay. which I really just had. And I mean, you know, that amp just takes effect pedals so well and it's really really clear mm-hmm. so basically i just had this thing where i was blending like a really really high gain guitar amp like the jcm 800 uh blended with the like the cleanest amp on earth you know it, it's the joke is that it's like the world's biggest di because it's just fucking it, there's there's not really like a lot of character to a jc jc120 sound you know okay so but anyways when you blend the two signals together i just thought it, it made sort of an interesting sound Got it, dude. It, that was one other thing watching you guys sound check before. Uh, well, minus the bear finished, like it was Portland, so like friends came and like they all went backstage, and then uh, you guys started sound check, but you started just noodling around and you would just like call it, we'd call out like a minus the bear song, and you just figure it out really quickly and play it right there with your pedals <laughs> that you had. Like, oh no, it's like this. Wait a minute, hold on. Wait, no, here it is. Let me try. Okay, here it is. And then you play it, and like you'd make it on the DL4, like just create it right there like yeah your your proficiency with effects is unmatched like that i've seen like it's something you understand it in a way like it's like i don't even know the hardest kind of math I, it's off the top of my head but like stuff that it takes people years and years and years to get their mind around just to make it work you can just get an idea and then create it like even in your rig rundown like the guy calls out a song you're like oh i don't even have those pedals with me but oh it'll go like this and you just fucking play it with what you had yeah it's not it's funny i i totally appreciate that i'm i'm glad i'm perceived by at least one person that way oh Um, jesus christ um, it's it's funny so many (laughs) it's funny because like i actually as far as pedals go a lot of the times i don't have a lot of like um technical know-how you know, like, well, we're doing a podcast right now, so no one can see this, but behind me is like rows and rows and shelves of pedals. And Mm -hmm. like that I'm pointing to a delay pedal right now. And Uh like, I don't know what, like the different specs are to this thing. I don't know the milliseconds and this and all like the techie shit that people nerd out over. I just know how to like use them and how to manipulate them and different combinations and the different sounds they can produce and by rearranging them, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. cause I've had a lot of experience, you know, basically every tour we do or even every tour, just about every band practice Anytime I'm, I have pedals in front of me with like an amp cranked up and I'm performing with someone or practicing with someone or whatever, Mm -hmm. I've built like a new pedal board. You know what I mean? It's not like I just have like, oh yeah, that's my pedal board that I just like, sometimes I swap out a delay for a different delay or something like I always like start from scratch and build a brand new one. And it's, it's a really, really fun, almost like therapeutic thing for me to like clear the floor and just like get all the shit out and be like, okay, cool. Starting fresh. Here we go. You know, that's mm-hmm. like a, a very common thing for me when I'm actively playing shows or, you know, doing that thing. So yeah. So I've had a lot of experience just like, you know, putting that stuff together and i guess eventually it just all starts to make sense to yeah me, you know have you done any custom builds and things like that or like uh, uh whatever the, like building kits and shit like that or or you know do you get on that level no i have not um 
I was talking with um, a pedal company. Juan and I were talking with a pedal company. I won't say which one just before his accident, we mm -hmm. were kind of developing like a signature, like pedals and effects, you know, edition yeah. um, where we both, you know, it was kind of a dual thing. Um, and then obviously all that stuff happened. So that kind of went on hold, but I've actually been meaning to reach out and be like, Hey, we should do that again. I, there's no reason we shouldn't be doing that, but no, I actually, I'm not really interested in building them or, you know, although dude, I think about this all the time, like pedal companies now, you know, they all do this like limited run thing mm -hmm. where, you know, they do, it's like almost like a psychological thing within the pedal community where it's like, if something is like listed as a limited run, you know, that's like a limited color or something, or we're only making a thousand of these, there's this anxiety that like rush you get of like i gotta have it i gotta have it this doesn't apply to me because i don't i don't fall for that shit <laughs> i'm like no nah, i'm good yeah oh limited uh, oh it's limited i don't want one yeah. if it's limited and people are gonna fucking buy three of these and flip them on <laughs> reverb i don't want that on my pedal board that's yeah. bad mojo yeah. you know uh, i mean but like respect i get it like i i totally understand but as far as like people that build pedals i'm like oh my fucking god like you sold the, like they sell out immediately, you mm -hmm. know? And it's like companies do these like limited runs and you're like, Whoa, you sold a thousand pedals at $250 in 24 hours. Fuck dude. I'm in the wrong business. Yeah. Like I'm like begging people to like spend $7 on my band camp every other week, you know, <laughs> like, fuck, I should be building pedals and doing limited runs. Cause Jesus Christ, that's insane. Like where the world or like the music world is right now with that mm -hmm. stuff with gear in general, you know, but dude. yeah, but no, I, I have not built anything. I'm, I, I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not privy to that world. Okay. Well, let me tell you this, because that that pedal you're probably talking about that was recent is the Sun Life pedal, the Earthquaker devices. That uh, one that was they crazy. Sold. I yep. bought one of those. I literally saw it. I had no idea it was coming out. I somehow saw it at work, <laughs> ran into a porta potty, ordered it, <laughs> like like ordered it, and it was like, wow, okay. I just did that. I just spent that much money on a pedal <laughs> that I don't even play music anymore. Hardly. Like I just, I was like, I love. I love sun and I love, I have sun gear, which I, I love anyway. Um, but I bought it. It came, it was amazing. I was like, do I open this up? Like, do I keep it close? Cause then I saw people selling them on reverb and I was like, what the fuck, man? Like a thousand dollars. And I was like, that is fucked up. So I opened it. I played it. It sounds, you sound like sun. It's like a, like a fucking rat pedal on steroids with an octave. Right. And, you sound like somebody. I was like, I'm not going to ever use this. Like, when am I going to go drone in my basement for a fucking hour and a half? <laughs> so I was like, well, I should get rid of it. But I took it to a music store, let some guys play it. Cause they're like, if you get it, bring it in. We want to try it. Cause it's sold out. Right. I knew they would make a second version. Probably it makes sense. All right. Like a V2 or whatever. And, uh, it was just kind of chintzy. Like it was kind of like the, the, the housing felt weird. Like I was going to break it. Like it was weird, but then I, when I sold it, I was like, I am not putting this on for a thousand dollars. I put it on for a dollar <laughs> less than I paid for it because it's used, right? Wow. With free shipping. So I put it on, clicked out of reverb, went to my email. I had already had an email that it sold. Wow. In less than well, 10 seconds. Dude, Insane. ultimate respect 
ultimate respect to you for not being like, all right, I'm just going to go hard on this and set it for a thousand bucks, which, which by the way, I'm not, I actually don't have an issue with people doing that. Like, you know, if that's the way it is, well, Hey, like some, if someone's willing to pay a thousand dollars for it, why mm-hmm. wouldn't someone buy it and then just flip it? Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. You're going to earn $750. Like who's going to turn down $750 for selling a guitar pedal, you know? So yeah. I, I get it. It's just, it's crazy. The whole thing is just like the, you know, and, and just over the last, I don't know, five years effect pedals, the whole community and that world has just exploded, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's just like wild, you know? And I was kind of like with Juan stuff, I was just thrown into it. You know what I mean? I don't know if we talked about this the last time, but like that wasn't something I was like planning on doing, like being in that whole world. And I just kind of like accidentally ended up in it and it was really cool and interesting, you know, to we be didn't a part talk of, about that last it, time. How did that happen? What, what you're talking, he already had pedals and effects going. Yeah. Yeah. He had been doing it for a while. And then I moved to Southern California uh-huh. and he was like, Hey, you know, come do like an episode with me. You know, I, we just film it ourselves or whatever. And like, we just talk about pedals and I was like, okay, cool. And then, you know, he and I became closer and closer over time. And then we just started doing it consistently. And, you know, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I'm like going to Nam and doing all this shit, you know, like I obviously like I do, I've done quite a bit of videos outside of the one stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not like I, uh, that's not like my dream to be like shilling pedals or guitars for people like to have worked with Fender. That's like at one of the, the coolest things I've ever gotten to do as a musician. That's like almost at the very top of my list, you know, but um, th- again, that's not like, I like making music and writing music and, you know, yeah. being creative and, and that whole world of like, demoing and this and that that's not really what i'm into i'm not into like that whole thing you know i like i like i like playing in a band and making music you know sure and like i guess to some extent you could say that like in the whole uh gear world you you know when you're displaying a pedal or showing how it works i guess you're kind of being creative but that's just like a, a technical side that obviously you know i i'm interested in but it doesn't like you know, overpower the desire to just be playing music in a band in a room and going on tour and making records. You yeah. Know? I see. I, whenever I was thinking of buying a pedal, I would always look it up to see if you guys had done a video on it because I could watch you guys fuck around with it. Like I would, right? Like you're, like you said, you're not going at it knowing the milliseconds and blah, 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 but you know enough of how to make it work and how to get some cool shit. Because if you look on, like you want to see what, like if you're not looking like what the, the, uh, what's the the rainbow rainbow or something like that was it the rainbow the The rain the rainbow Rainbow machine machine. yeah so that's a fucking weird pedal right but if you want to look at like just a random delay pedal or a a a reverb pedal you and juan would take it and make it do all the cool shit that the generic like reverb.com or pro whatever guitarpro.com would just like you know like just playing it in his random blues band you guys would take it to the limits and that's what I love because I was like, that's what you can do with that. Okay, you could take that and this, you know? It was like this yeah. niche. We we were constantly like having to stop ourselves from calling it like a demo. Cause I was always like, dude, but we're not demoing this. We're not like 
well, I guess we are demoing it, but we're not doing the thing where it's like, okay, and this knob, this is how you do on this knob. And sometimes we did do that. I, I mean, like companies would reach out to us and be like, hey, can you do like a really in-depth video? We'll pay you to do an in-depth video takedown on mm-hmm. this of like how this pedal works. And like, then you have like a responsibility to like go deep on it, you know? But like, again, that's not necessarily what I like doing. I mean, yeah, ideally hopefully what came across is like, Oh, it's just two friends that are like making cool sounds with pedals. They like, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. every once in a while, something would sneak through where it's like, Oh man, we have to like, why, why do you owe this guy a favor? Why are we doing this pedal or whatever? (laughs) You know, like this thing sucks. You know, I'm sure there's a few, there's gotta be at least a few videos that we did where we're like, Oh man, at the end of it, we're like, God damn, that was like hard. There's nothing to get out of that thing. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fun. And, you know, maybe we'll do it again. I don't know. Uh, maybe at some point, like when Juan is like feeling good about it, we can get in front of a camera and fart around with pedals. But yeah. honestly, I'm not, I'm not like bummed to not be doing it at the moment just because, you know, well, well, one, I, I, when Juan had his accident, I was like, yeah, I'm going to try and continue doing this and keep it rolling. And I was like, I just, I can't do this. It's too weird doing it by myself yeah. because like Juan was, it's Juan's thing, obviously, but also like, again, it's not in like my, my spirit to be making videos, showing you how to use pedals. I just mm-hmm. fell into that, which I was, I was rolling with it. Like, oh, this is cool, you know, fun, yeah. but like. Yeah, I, I tried to do it by myself, and I was like, nah, this isn't the right thing, you know. Man. And is Juan home now, then? Yeah, he's home. He's oh, been good. home for, um, yeah, I could give you the Juan update. He's been home for, I don't know, maybe six months or something. Maybe not that long. A while. He's been home for a while now. Um, And he gets better, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he gets just better and better as the weeks go on, day by day kind of thing. Um. It's it's weird because I'm, obviously since like COVID's happening, you know, like everything, just everyone's lives are a lot more private. You're not out and about doing stuff. You know, yep. one's not one's not out getting coffee, running into so and so, a friend, and then you know they talk and then hang out, blah, blah blah. It's I guess what am I trying to say? Um, I people, you know, you can based on like if you're on the um you know, whatever his GoFundMe page or whatever the pages he had that would like update with his progress or even just his Instagram or Twitter or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're only seeing like a piece of it. You don't see the full picture, you know? And I think the full picture was a lot more real than people anticipated or, or know about, Mm -hmm. you know, like he had a fucking brain injury that like, and he was in a coma for a long time. And when he woke up, we weren't sure if he would ever be able to like, I don't know if this is like the politically correct term, but like if he was going to remain in a vegetative state or mm-hmm. what was going to happen, you know, mm-hmm. you just don't know. So like, I mean, just you fast forward from seven months ago to now and it's like, Oh yeah, he was, um, he texted me today and I was like, dude, I have this fucking pinch nerve in my back, which by the way, I've got a really, really bad pinch nerve in my left shoulder. And it's terrible. It's like one of the worst things that's ever happened to me. This Holy fucking shit. pinch nerve. Is, was that a, really heat, a heating pad on your, like a, yeah. So just, I was wondering what that there. was. 
That's why I was late to the podcast. It's a sock filled with rice and I was heating it up in the microwave. Uh, But anyways, (laughs) so like Juan texted me today. He's like, Hey, how's it going? Like, how are you doing? What's new? I'm like, dude, I have this fucking pinched nerve in my neck. It sucks. And he's like, Oh dude, do you want me to come drop off um, my hypervolt massage gun? And I was like, no, nah, it's all good. You know, don't worry about it. I think I'm just going to buy one. He's like, okay, well, I'm going to try and get you a deal on one. I got you. And like, that sounds very like typical Nick and Juan. Like it was a very typical Nick and Juan kind of text conversation. Yeah. But I was thinking like, this is crazy. This, this conversation we're having right now via text is like way different than the conversation we would be having a month ago. It's way more quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like that just kind of illustrates like, his return to like normalcy in terms of like how he used to be, it's just day by day and it's coming and coming, you know, but like, it's just when someone has that sort of injury, it just affects everything. You know what I mean? It affects your memory, like your tactile, like skills, motor skills, uh, just everything you can think of, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Is like, a challenge and you have to relearn to do all this stuff. So he has gotten like, he's come really, really far. And I'm always reminding him and his wife and who I'm like very, very close with them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it's like, you know, I don't see him every day. It, it, were we not in COVID, I probably would see him on many, many days of the week, but um, you know, I see him once or twice a week and I'm just like, fuck you guys, this is crazy. Like even you don't see it cause you two are just too close to the situation. But even between, you know, this week and a week ago, I, I noticed like a lot of things changing. Like I said, even just like this, like minor texting back and forth. I'm like, Whoa, this is like really like spot on for him, which is great. Yeah. You know, is he playing music? Yeah. So he's playing, he's got basses and the times we do hang out, we haven't, are we haven't actually hung out recently because of like quarantining stuff and this mm-hmm. and that, but like, yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. When, when he first got a base in his hands, when he came home, it was like, Ooh boy. Wow. Another level of realness, you mm-hmm. know, like, okay. Yeah. I mean, the guy's hands are fucked up because his brain was fucked up and everything. He's got to relearn everything. You know, it's yeah. all like rattled. Um, and I feel like, that was whatever month that was a few months ago. And then a month later I was like, Oh my God, he's like gotten so much closer to like being able to like just play bass. Like he played again. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it just gets better and better. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know. It's, it's like a, uh, a weird thing. Cause again, I don't want to like, it's not really like, um, I don't want to say it's not revealed the severity of the situation because it's not like it was like intentionally not revealed, but like, you know, if you want to see what a traumatic brain injury does, like go beyond reading his Instagram updates and Google what it is Mm -hmm. and like see the journeys people have to go on, you know, and one day maybe he'll be like, want to talk about that and like have it out there. But the point is just like, it's fucking crazy. It's someone that was like in a, you know, comatose to like now, like texting me about a fucking massager and trying to get me like a hookup on it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah. like a big deal to have like come that far. So, yeah. So I don't know. We're always like reminding ourselves day by day, you know, 
on any given day, imagine what it's going to be like six months from now. And it's crazy to think of like how much progression he'll have made, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I emailed uh, or I messaged Ann last night uh, just saying, Hey, I didn't want to reach out to Juan directly, but uh, I would love to talk to him when he, you know, is able to, you know, if he wants to talk about this whole journey at some point, let me know and we could do it because we had just such a blast, um, you know, when everything was normal, of course, but uh, yeah, just an awesome yeah, dude, man. He, I'm, I feel so bad, but also so good that he's recovering. So like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He's just come really far. And at some point I'm sure he'll be like stoked to do podcasts again mm-hmm. and talk about pedals again. But like, you know, the, uh, an injury like that just really affects like your memory, you know, yeah. like for instance, he probably just wouldn't remember you. Yeah, he, probably like, not. I, I, like I'd be like, Oh, you know, Dewey, like you guys did that podcast. <laughs> like I introduced you, you, I was like, and I, I'd probably go, I'd probably be like, you know, like usually when you do a podcast, you fucking hate it and you gripe to me about it, but you did that podcast and you actually liked it. <laughs> do you remember that one? And he'd go, okay, yeah, I'm starting to remember that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that kind yeah. of thing. It's like a, it's a memory thing. So sure. yeah, but, but he's doing good. The, good. the point of all that is it's still a long road, but mm-hmm. like he's come so far and it's just incredible to see someone like make that sort of progression you know after having experienced that yeah dude that's man i all the best to him man and and uh shit oh i oh it's still man because i had i had uh when my dad had his heart surgery he was in that state for a few days afterwards before he passed like he he was that way where they're just like we don't know what's going to happen if he does wake up from this uh he could be in rehab for four years five years who knows like every day that goes by is another like six months in rehab that he could be to even walk again or anything else. And so uh, that was like the first time I'd seen something like that heavy, like in front of me. And uh, man, I just don't, uh, I don't know how people get through that. It's just insane. Yeah. I mean, again, and again, to tie this back to the beginning, it's just like, you got to deal with it. There's nothing you can change about the situation. I can't drive back to the fucking gas station and look for my wallet and be like, fuck, my wallet is somewhere. I have, even though it seems crazy, I do have control of this situation to some extent. Whereas things like this, you're just like, dude, this is what the universe, this is the hand the universe dealt me and I got to fucking roll with it, you know? And that's kind of like, so it's weird. A lot, a lot of situations like that, I don't, I handle them in this kind of bizarrely calm way, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's crazy, but yeah, all good. He's doing well and he, he will be back. I'm sure. And it's, it's cool to see that all happening in real time. Yeah. And the outpouring of support and everything else. Same with John. Jeez, that GoFundMe mm-hmm. was insane. I showed my wife. You know I was like, holy shit. I'll tell you what, what's really insane about that. I don't know if this was like, if I, I don't know if I had mentioned this to anyone, but like John got his diagnosis on the same day as Juan's accident. Which holy was insane. shit. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Or, or wait. Or was it? He told me his girlfriend broke up with him that morning or something. And that afternoon he got the call. Yeah. um, I believe it was on the same day as Juan's accident. Holy shit. Yeah. It was. (laughs) I've been trying to keep up with John and I just send him messages and stuff. And I know he doesn't he doesn't respond all the time. He's got so much going on. But uh, man, once all this is done, like if once John's 
healthy, Juan's back. I wonder if you will just have like a moment to just like, like maybe <laughs> absorb it all and just kind of let it all out and and move forward because it's it maybe it's something because it's all still happening is still you know that anxiety like when you're driving around with ta- tags expired on your car for five years like I was and you finally get pulled over and you fix it for some reason you breathe a little easier like you have this thing you're always looking over your shoulder you're always carrying this weight yeah well I have to say I almost feel like that that has kind of like just slowly turned into that because like, Oh yeah. Juan woke up and you know, Juan did the classic thing. We were all talking about like, Oh yeah. Or I was saying, I really look forward to like, you know, the classic thing of like Juan in the weird contraption where he's like learning to walk again. And I was at his physical therapy one day when he was doing that, I'm like, okay, that's fucking crazy. He's doing the thing that I'm like, this is going to be insane when he's doing it. And it's like, and he takes a step by himself and you're like, Oh my God, which, you know, now he's way, way beyond that. But that was a crazy thing. That was like that first sigh of relief. Um, and I can also tell you, like I FaceTimed with John yesterday and I was like, Whoa, dude, your hair is back. And he's like, yeah, you know, like just about, but like his eyebrows had grown in and he had a thick mustache and his hair was growing. And I'm like, dude, you look awesome and you sound awesome. That's fucking crazy. You know? Yeah. Like, Whoa, it's really good. To, he was like, it's really good to hear that. Cause I don't know, you know, like I'm always wearing a baseball cap or whatever, but I was like, dude, you just look like, like a badass with a shaved head and a mustache. right now." You know? Yes. So, so in a lot of ways, like, between those two scenarios you mentioned, like, I do feel like grateful that it's sort of like leveled out and like both those scenarios kind of like are, are currently sorting themselves out. Yeah, man. Well, give, give John my best. If you talk to him again before I do, because, uh, yeah, I just try to keep up with them and, and, and send him positivity and stuff. Cause God damn, I can't imagine What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. DistroKid.com slash VIP slash PPP. 
Go check out DistroKid right now, distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. PeerPleasure.SupportingCast.FM is the website. There's three tiers, Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3. Tier 1 is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier 2 gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier 3 is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month, because I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. That kind of diagnosis so young, especially, I mean, <laughs> cancer touches everyone at some point, but, uh, I saw that and I was just like, what? No fucking way. And uh, <laughs> yeah, man, 
But well, it's crazy, dude. They say one in four people, right? Like, yeah. will get cancer. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah. Man. Wow. And if that's crazy. one in four people, that means literally everyone knows somebody close that is either, you know, lost the battle to it, beat the battle to it, is struggling with it, you know, like it's just this fucking equalizer that is just awful. Like it's, yeah. it's crazy, you know? Yeah. And now we've yeah. got this other shit going on that affects pretty much everyone <laughs> and everyone's, you know, livelihood and, and mental health and, uh, anxiety and just like, fuck, it's insane. Yeah. Oh, and that's why I was saying to go back to it. I was like, you know, the first few months, probably just like anyone else, it was a really confusing time of like, man, what, what is my life now? You know? And, and there was like a lot of like lazing around the couch and being confused and depressed over the whole thing. And then it's like, okay, well now I'm ready to like, I want to make something that represents this era of our lives where we lost like, you know, a year, two years, who knows what it'll end up mm -hmm. being, you know? Mm -hmm. So it felt good to kind of like get out of that funk and be like, all right, cool. I feel a little bit of like normalcy in terms of like output and like what I do. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Dude. I, if that brings me back, like I, the, the time I saw you before minus the bear, uh, was at the Hawthorne theater with Chon on that tour. And you guys were like main support, I think for Chon. And I, I was like, you guys had your, you guys were selling your own merch. So I was just like, Hey, I'll, I'll sell merch for you tonight. And so I jumped back there and started doing that. But the things kids would say to me about you guys were some of the most incredible compliments. But then, like, they, they'd be in line nerding out about what you do in ways <laughs> I couldn't even, like, r remember to tell you. But, like, you'd become, like, this guitar hero to so many kids and, well, adults, too. But the fact that they'd be standing in line to buy a T-shirt from Terramello's talking the whole time about do you see when he did this with this and like he totally takes this and does this have you been have you been able to like i guess this is a silly question but like take notice of that and kind of come to grips with the fact that what you do is is incredibly unique and that that you're viewed that way like people nerd out on the smallest details of what you do uh, especially like the last podcast I put out, like there's tons of comments like, holy shit. Then he said this about this and this deal four does this. And like, it was like nerd alert, <laughs> but in a nice way. Yeah. Um, if I'm being completely honest with myself, yes, I do realize that. And that is like, that's probably the top, top like coolest thing about my musical journey is that like, you know, X amount of people think that, you know, and yeah. that is really, really cool beyond like, you know, um, beyond, Oh yeah. I'm like 15 years old and I'm going to local shows and I really like this band. And then you grow out of it. You mm -hmm. know, like mm -hmm. if, if I've like touched people or inspired people musically, like that has an impact, which I, I mean, not to be whatever, but I think there are people like that. I mean, I know there are people like that. That is very, very cool to me. And I can't ask for anything more. Like, I mean, that that's like in, in some ways, like, yeah, I think about it like, whoa, maybe I've like, you know, changed this person's path. You know, like I give, uh, I do Skype guitar lessons. I'm doing one Skype guitar lesson with someone right now. Um, 
and it's this dude, Joe in England. And he just turned 16. And I think about that, like, Whoa, I'm like affecting this guy's life where he's like, actively like he's been the only person that like stayed with it he's been i've done guitar lessons with him like all through covid and i'm like fuck that's crazy like i'm i'm like affecting this person right now you know yeah and and if that if i've if i've had that effect on people like um you know if that's kind of spread you know to to more people that's like a really really cool thing i think about um it's weird because like uh that doesn't like that is really really cool and like i said that's probably the top of my list but it's just it's weird that that doesn't translate like monetarily or it's just cool it's a cool thing yeah it's it's an amazing thing and like when i'm an old man and if there's you know new like band when i'm 80 years old and if someone's like fucking talking about me or something which i don't know if that'll happen but you know what i'm saying if i if i end up in that world of like guitar players Mm -hmm. you know that will be like a really really special important thing uh and i'll have been like very proud of that i just wish like there's a lot of times i think about like oh man what is this weird path like i've chosen where i get that i get the thing we're talking about but i don't really get there's, you know, I've been doing this for almost whatever, 20 years grinding on it, but I'm not quite like, you know, I yeah. can kind of afford rent sometimes, but like, <laughs> do I, am I going to get to that point with this whole thing? It's just weird. It's weird to reconcile that. Like yeah. what you're saying, like, oh yeah, you're this guy that's done this thing. And yet I'm just like, oh yeah. Like I said, begging people to like pay for my band camp or whatever you know what i mean yeah dude it's it's a strange it's a strange thing to like make sense of all that i guess sure because you think in in a childhood like dream like man i'm gonna be this guitar hero and i'm gonna have like this big house and blah blah blah. those days are so far beyond us now like but yeah you see like back when we were like early days of touring you'd see these bands on uh, uh, magazines and they're still living at home with their parents because they can't afford a place to live but then all of a sudden, of course, it hits and they become the biggest band in the world and they've got multiple houses. And But what you're doing is so I think you really have changed guitar. Like, I think you have changed, uh, you know, because there's there's bands that play like, you know, really sporadic music and really fast guitars. And, you know, like um, like Yvette from Covet, like I think she's redefining a whole bunch of stuff like uh, just on how she does things. But you really, I think, changed the game in a way that's going to last a long time, you know, like your, your creativity, the way you, you paint with that, that palette you have in front of you, uh, and take things and change them and, and are so humble about it and willing to talk about it and, and nerd out about it and stuff like that's a big thing, you know? And I think, I really do think you change guitar for, for the better, like in a good and big way, regardless of the paycheck, you know, and, and that would be awesome. Because then you could just focus on that. But instead, you have to find other hustles. But it also keeps you hungry and it always it also keeps you keeps you uh you know forces you to be grounded, even though you would be anyway. That's a thing. And yeah, and I totally appreciate that about my life. And it's just sometimes like a weird, you know, weird brain rabbit hole you go down thinking about all that stuff. But like, you know, if if even just you think that, if you have if that's your perception of me that's amazing if if one person thinks that way about me i'm like wow 
that's fucking insane that I like someone thinks I've had that impact, you know, and if other people do, that's also crazy. And yeah, ultimately like whatever a paycheck doesn't matter as long as I, you know, have a roof over my head and can have groceries or whatever. Like yeah. that's really cool. It's just weird. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. weird what you were saying. To, Cause when you're in your twenties and you're like, okay, I'm going to stop going to school and I'm going hard on this. This is all mm -hmm. I'm going to do. And you know, whether or not like it's conscious or subconscious, like everyone is like, I'm going to be a rocker. You know, I'm going to do this. Like I'm modeling. I want to be like fucking Nirvana or whatever, or like, obviously, you know, we would have never thought that about Taramelos, but like, you know, like, Oh yeah, we could be a band that like a lot of people know and like, you know, make money on this and that kind of thing. And it's just, it's, it's a weird kind of like realization, realization to come to where you're like, okay, well, 15 years later, that didn't happen, but that's okay. Cause I'm, I'm like, here I am, I'm doing my thing. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I'm, I'm very content with my world. It's just kind of a funny, bizarre thing to think about that way. Sure. You know? Well, maybe, maybe if you get this pedal design off the ground. Sell, mm -hmm. sell in 20 minutes dude we gotta it's gotta be a limited edition limited dude. edition <laughs> yeah. you should just start a pedal yeah. company called limited edition i always there was like a funny joke i always liked about i can't remember where i i heard this but like yeah it's limited limited to the number that we can sell <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah all right we're putting out this limited pedal and we're gonna it it's limited to the amount that we sell. <laughs> so if in three years we sold, you know, 3000 of them, well, then it was limited to 3000. <laughs> Dude, that's incredible. You, you There's this French restaurant uh, that I used to go to that, that uh, in town here that was owned by some friends and it was a, a revolving menu. So the menu changed every week depending on what they felt like making, but then it would not come back, right? Like you'd have this really good meal and then the next week you'd have to order something different because it wasn't there anymore. If you started a pedal company and did like, a limited run to however many you could you could do you know but then don't actually put out a v2 don't put out a v3 right just that's it when it's there it's there and then we move on then truly limited edition yeah i tell you what there's um there's this like uh this t-shirt um account i follow on instagram called rucking fotten like fucking rotten but rucking uh -huh. fotten and they do limited run um screen prints on shirts of like horror films or just like weirdo films, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and they're like, they, they leave the pre-order up for like 24 hours or something and then it's done and it's gone. And I tell you, when I found that account, it turned into like, Oh my God. Oh fuck. The midsummer like drop is coming tomorrow. Okay. I got to be around my phone tomorrow at this time. So I could be sure to get a large long yeah. sleeve. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it's a true like psychological trick mm -hmm. that happens, you know? And like, it, it's cool, especially if you can like earn a living off of it. In fact, right now I'm thinking like, fuck, maybe I should like, I got to figure something out. How do I like, I need to profit off this like <laughs> psychology of selling something that's extremely limited for a limited time, you know? It's, yeah. And it, and you know, it's just, that's, it's a crazy thing. It's like, it's a way to earn money in these insane times. Dude, you know? Do you remember when a merch drop used to mean like getting merch shipped to you at a venue so you could sell it instead of a merch drop where 
boom, buy all this merch and it's gone, right? Like before hip hop got to it, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Made, made three stacks on a merch drop or something like that. Like, no, we paid three stacks for a merch drop to get it shipped to the, the yeah. rave in yeah. Minneapolis or Milwaukee so we could continue to tour. Like that was a merch drop to us, right? That's like, right. Uh, but you think like, look at Gorley, right? Like he, he, I talk about Gorley all the time because we talk all the time, but he he has a staff like he's got people that their lives revolve around him getting up and playing guitar like to have that kind of pressure that you don't have is kind of a blessing you know to to have that freedom like i i want to do this this time instead of them telling you hey that's a great idea man yes to everything uh you have you know your own freedom still to do that and and be hundred percent what you want to do without having to think about, ah, shit, these, you know, 40 people are going to be out of a job if I change this or I put out a country record or something, you know, like you don't have that part of it, but you also don't have the money. <laughs> I was, I was, before we did this, I was, um, doing some recording for this, this record I'm working on. And I was using a slide, this slide right here. The which one you've like been playing with. I was waiting yeah, to mention that I've had it. in my hand. Yeah. I was, I was, playing like a lead that I was like, Oh fuck, this sounds like country. This is insane. I'm going to have like a country lick on my new record. Whoa, <laughs> that's insane. But I have like fuzz on it. There's fuzz and there's like a slap back delay, but I am like kind of playing this like, you know, whatever. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Like, I guess I'm finally like dipping my toes into country music. Dude. <laughs> Do you listen to, uh, I, I know you don't listen probably to a lot of heavy music, but there's that record that Poison the Well put out called Versions. And Ryan does a ton of slide with like really heavy guitar. It's fucking awesome. Like a lot of people didn't like the record, but I think it's incredible. The only Poison the Well song I know is the one that everyone knows, Nerdy. Nerdy. Remember that one? Yeah. That was like the song. Check out know? Versions. It's, it's like <laughs> the super heavy slide guitar. It's really cool. But like. That's cool. Uh, yeah, you may dig it, you may not, but that's what came to mind immediately, and uh, is because just watching him every night with that slide, like jumping in the air and then slide guitaring <laughs> while just fucking shredding was awesome. <laughs> yeah, slide guitar is pretty cool. When I actually, when I, when I'm, I've been working on music. When I'm referencing slide in my head, I'm thinking of like Flaming Lips, mm -hmm. like um, transmissions from the satellite heart, like style, like mm -hmm. jank, really jangly, like crappy sounding like slide you know electric guitar kind of thing so yeah. that's sort of like what i'm not thinking of like country or whatever i'm like oh yeah like uh, fucking ronald or you know stephen droz flaming lip style like shitty slide guitar you know yeah dude one of the best compliments uh hearing talking about you to somebody else was talking to mike watt about you because he, hearing mike watt call you the guitar man <laughs> how he calls anybody that could like D Boone or fucking uh, like Ron Ashton or any like the yeah the guitar man was like, hearing him in his words call you the guitar man was awesome. <laughs> that is that's really really cool, and I'm glad you had that reaction. Just because it's like you know when you're when you're so close to a situation, yeah, it kind of dulls like the insanity of the situation is you know. 
gets a little less over time. Yeah. And I forget that like, fuck, I'm fucking playing music. I'm playing a Stooges song with Mike Watt. Yeah. This is fucked up, you know? So you to have, have just heard him call me the guitar man. I'm like, dude, oh yeah, that's so cool. Watts calling me the guitar, you know, guitar man, brother Nick or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. That's dude. really cool. Yeah. Brother Nick, the that's guitar man I'm laying it down. Like he loves you. And, but he was, he was also like, that guy can play like that guy. Just, he's just another world. And to hear, yeah, Mike Watt say that. I was just like, you made it, man. You made it. Well, dude, <laughs> seriously. I mean, talk about like, you know, the, your highest accomplishments, like getting, you know, respect or praise from like your musical heroes. Yeah. That's just the, I mean, that, that will never not feel shocking to me, yeah. you know, whether it's Mike Watt or the Dillinger escape plan guys or Zach Hill or any of these people that like, Whoa, you guys are the guys that like influ you created me. You know what I mean? Like you, all your influences in my DNA now. And like, uh, you're responsible for this and for them to like be into what I'm doing. That, that yeah. is like one of the absolute like craziest things, dude, hundred percent. And that's something where, yeah, that's why I say when you change the game, they, maybe they created you, but what you've created is completely different and your own thing. And you have changed the game to where you're going to have the same situation happening, you know, where, you know, you're going to say something about someone, they're going to freak out. Like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know, if they haven't already, uh, I, I don't want to flex this, but this was real quick. This in situation was so fucking crazy. So I know, um, this upright, uh, bass player, Billy Moeller, he's fucking rad. And he plays with Jimmy Chamberlain and Jimmy Chamberlain's group called the Jimmy Chamberlain complex. Mm -hmm. And just before COVID hit, um, Billy was like, Hey, Jimmy's in town doing stuff, doing, you know, a video for the new pumpkin song or something yep. like that. And I got him, I'm getting him to do a gig over at this bar ETA, which is close to where I live. It's a jazz bar. I go there. I used to go there on Monday nights and just watch like rippers fucking shred, you know? Yeah. So Billy's like, Hey, so it's like, I got this gig booked with me and Jimmy. Do you want to come play guitar on it? And I was like, Oh my fucking God, dude, <laughs> what is this a fucking prank? So it was not a prank. And like, you know, I, we, we did the night and it was fucking awesome. We just improvised, you know, just like, mm -hmm. all right, let's start in E on the, you know, on this note and let's take it where it goes. And I think it was during the second set, you know, like in that sort of like world of like jazz improv, like, you know, people take solos, you know, it's yep. this kind of thing that I'm not, I've seen it. I don't mean to speak like ill of it. I just, it, it's a, it's not something I know very well. That's not my world, but I've like, I just, I haven't played a lot in that world, but I guess actually at this point I have, but it's, it's foreign feeling to me, like soloing. I'm just like fucking punk rock, blah, 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 blah. You know, like it's weird to take a solo, but anyways, so it comes to my, my like turn to like take a solo with this little trio set we were doing. And like, I don't remember what the context was. We had probably been playing on something like really pretty. And like, maybe Jimmy was doing his like hi-hat, you know, eighth note stomp. And I'm like, fuck, that's so sick. I'm playing with Jimmy Chamberlain right now. This is amazing. And I, I like <laughs> drop into this quote unquote solo, which was just this fucked up synth guitar, <laughs> like just ugly sounding thing you know i was just doing my thing i'm yeah. like whatever fuck it let me just roll with this and i remember 
I don't ever like look up at those gigs, you know, and it was, it was a small bar and like, it was like Jimmy Chamberlain's playing the small tiny ass bar. So it was insanely packed. So I just kind of had my head down and I was like, probably like shaking through this fucking solo. And I'm just going hard on this really just dissonant, like fucked up, synthy, weird, ambient solo. And I look up and, and and those guys had stopped playing like Jimmy and Billy had stopped playing. So I could just like take the lead. You yeah, know? yeah. And they're just kind of like vibing it out. And I, I kind of like come out of my solo and I look up and Jimmy Chamberlain's fucking filming me from his drum set with his phone. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, what the fuck is this? You know, that was like one of the top 10, top five, top three, just craziest things ever. You know, like, Oh my God, Jimmy Chamberlain was just fucking filming me do this fucked up solo, you know? And I was like, man, that's really, really cool. <laughs> you should have just gone into one of your favorite Smashing Pumpkins riffs or just like, oh. it's my turn for a solo. You just go into the beginning of today or whatever just, <laughs> dude, <laughs> with a synth be, on it. Dude, oh, my God, dude. <laughs> they, would they would run me out of this town. Just oh destroy <laughs> the entire night. Just yeah. like. <laughs> all my musical integrity just down the toilet and like seven notes or whatever. gone yeah before they just shut your amp off and fucking slit your throat like yeah holy shit that's but, rad yeah, that was like yeah so that that kind of shit is the stuff that's like you know in in addition to like whatever moving people musically just like to be able to like earn the respect of your heroes that's like equally as important to me you know yeah Dude, and and where else than in L.A., right? Like the, L.A. or New York. I was talking to uh, Stephen uh, Brodsky the other day from Cave In, and um, I was telling him the first time we we went to the Troubadour, not playing there. We were down like signing contracts or something. We're like, we can go to the Troubadour? Like, yeah, I got tickets. And Cave In's playing. Sweet. We go there. We run into Nick Oliveri from Queens of the Stone Age, uh, Tori Spelling from 90210, and Kato <laughs> Kalen from the OJ Trial. That's amazing. All at a cave-in show at the Troubadour? Like, we're like, where the fuck are we? Like, how random is that? Like, and that's just like one meeting. But like, where you randomly run into people doing these little shows or whatever, like you were doing at this small place with, with fucking Jimmy Chamberlain and the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Like, or yeah. at the Red Hot Chili Peppers thing with Brad Pitt and fucking Tim Armstrong. Like, what yeah. the fuck? And you live in Silver, Silver Lake, right? I live in uh, Eagle Rock. Eagle Rock. Is it's, that... it's it's like east side, east side of L.A. kind of thing. Okay. You know? All kind of like not far from one another. Okay. Because everyone I know that lives in Silver Lake runs into Tim Armstrong at some point, like getting <laughs> coffee or he, apparently he lives in a studio or something, like looks like a boat or something off the off the main track. Okay. But he's always like okay. just cruising around, like trying to look incognito, but it's like, that's fucking Tim Armstrong. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know, and uh, anyone in Silver Lake that I talked to has like run into him multiple times. But it's just like that's where he lives. That's funny. It, on on in our part of town, Eagle Rock Highland Park, like our version of Tim Armstrong would be Mark Marin. Like you know, he's just <laughs> yes. like you see him like at the coffee shop or you know the Mexican or you used to like. Yeah, that was just like a, a standard thing. Like yeah, there's Mark Marin. You know, that was like our Tim Tim Armstrong, dude. That's hilarious. I love Mark Marin. Uh, yeah, you look. Good thing you don't live on a street. You get shut when Obama came and did the podcast, and they shut everything down. 
snipers on the roof and shit. That's right. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, and and I think Mark Marin lives in Eagle Rock, or at least he did. Or I, I think he's somewhere like right around here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember thinking like, well, that's fucking crazy. Like Obama is like in the zone right now. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, have you have you maybe you've thought about this? Have you thought about starting a podcast yourself? Um. Okay. So. I have, and the reason I have is because I've done a couple other podcasts in like the last year Mm -hmm. and the two or three times I've done it, the hosts of the podcast have asked me that very question and they're like, you would be a good at having a podcast. Like you're, you're like your pacing and the way that you talk about this stuff. Yeah. You would be, you would, it would be cool if you had a podcast and I'm like, Oh, okay. That's cool. I, I never thought about that before. I'm not trying to like brag about it. I'm just like, that's what people told me yeah. that, you know, I don't know if that's where you're going, but I'm like, Oh, that would be, I guess maybe I could have like a podcast. That could be interesting. You could, you understand gear for one. I don't understand gear. I've t- it's taken me so long to figure out what I'm doing with this side of things. But like, yeah, you're pacing. We've talked about, you know, Brad Pitt. We've talked about uh, pedals. We've talked about <laughs> guitars. We've talked about deep shit. Uh, and nothing has changed. Like your your cadence, your enthusiasm, like you you are a <laughs> podcast host, right? You have to be able to talk about so many different things unless you have a very specific podcast. Like we're going to talk about the deal for, for an hour and a half. <laughs> yes, you could, you know, do that. But when we go from topic to topic to topic in a flow, right? Well, I don't have any notes in front of me and neither do you, but like <laughs> you, you're, you're, you're just on point the whole time, right? That's what it takes like to be able to do that, you know, and you're not like, Hmm, let me think about this or just kind of like, you know, you're like, like that. And That's you've always been cool. that way when we have conversations back on <laughs> tour, like in, out front of the van waiting for the show. Like you were always like, just like quick. You know? That's really cool. That's cool to hear. Maybe this will be the conversation that finally gets me to go like, oh, yeah, I mean, I get maybe I'll buy the shit to do it and talk to people. You know, the the one of the people I mean, I just feel like if I had a podcast, I would just want to talk to like my musical friends. Right. Yes. About Like just the shit we're talking about. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, yeah, like I'd want to talk to like Ben Weinman of Dillinger Escape Plan. Like we're 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 kind of buds like we toured and, yeah. you know. We, we know each other a little bit. I'm like, fuck, there's like things I would want to speak with him about that I think would make for an interesting like recording, you know, that other yep. people might know so be interested in. So well, here's the other thing. I'll you have that. a built in fan base. You have a built in fan base from what you've accomplished with music, right? How many people are out there that would want to hear you talk to Ben Weinman? A fucking shitload because they want to know what Nick Reinhardt is going to ask Ben Weinman, not. What's this jackoff going to ask Ben Wyman that I don't know, right? <laughs> so like when I had Ben Wyman on, we had a fucking blast. We didn't talk. We talk, It was right before Dillinger was ending, right? So like he was in that headspace. He was living in a house like right down the street from where he grew up, like like three houses down from his parents, uh, you know, and we were talking about all kinds of stuff, but it's who's this Dewey guy talking to Ben Wyman? It's like, I'm a Ben Wyman fan. I'm going to listen to this. You have, I'm a Ben Wyman fan. I'm going to listen to this. And then you also have Nick's got a podcast and he's talking to Ben from Dillinger. I'm listening to that. Right. Hmm. Interesting. You start the podcast. I'll get you on our network. 
Like, you're not going to be annoyed that like, oh, great. Another fucking podcast. Now no. Nick's got one. It's no. not like a competitive world. We need to keep up. Every comedian in the fucking world has a podcast. Not every musician has a podcast, right? COVID hit. Now every musician is starting to have a podcast. But the, what's that they say? The tide raises all ships or the, the high tide raises all ships. We need to build this up into a something that is, you know, as a human race is going to be there for people to go and listen to for time and all eternity, right? Like I just watched this documentary called Cassette on uh have you seen that? I don't know that one. Dude, did you ever do like the tape trading shit and things like that? Um no, I think that was maybe a little bit before my time. Okay. But I, I'm I'm aware of that whole like underground world of tape trading because yes tape trading. and there's like labels that only do cassettes like and limited run shit right but it's a cassette you can record it and tape it and give it to somebody else but that nostalgia and stuff like and and what that meant to people uh that whole like underground unregulated thing like here's a cassette you can put anything you want you could fart on this for 20 minutes and hand it out to somebody <laughs> right same with podcasting but they get the guy that actually invented cassette tapes he was still alive at the time they go over to europe where he's at uh, you know, and show like the desi early designs of it and stuff. And Rollins is in it and Makai is on it and like, uh, and Mike Watts in it. And, uh, you know, all the documentary guys, right. They're all in, in every one of those documentaries, but it's really good. But what you're creating is something that, you know, will last longer than you will, right? Like it'll, it'll outlive you to where, you know, in, in a hundred years, they'll still be able to listen to that shit. Right. Right. Like you can right. still go back to a box of tapes from your grandpa or whatever, or, or your father and listen to what they were, you know, maybe they had a little recorder that they were recording into just thoughts. Right. But you hear it in their voice yeah. and you hear it that way, but you would have an awesome platform because you do have that built in fan base, which I am fucking jealous of because, uh, so many like huge <laughs> musicians start a podcast Five episodes in, they've got like 4,000 patrons on their Patreon paying money for them to talk to somebody. And it's not even that great. <laughs> but like it's that person, right? So Right. But that's, you know, me talking. But I'm saying like if one of your, you know, fans saw you talking to Mike Watt or you talking to Ben from Dillinger or you talking to whoever – You've got both sides. You've got the the Dillinger fans and the the Nick Reinhardt fans. That yeah, you bring up a good point. And like I said, it's not the first time someone's mentioned that. Yeah. And I feel like this will be the conversation that pushes me over the edge to start seriously thinking about that. So thank you. You're welcome. I, I will give this some consideration. Do you know anyone it's at fun. Zoom? Like Zoom, the the uh, recording, not not Zoom, the software, but Zoom. The little hand recorder yeah, things? That's all I've used I, for four years. This one where it's just like the little gray thing with the two little yeah, things it's on the, it. It's the, two see mics if I can hold it. it up. It's the Zoom H6 right here yeah okay i know, I know that thing four years thing. every every episode i don't use anything else i just use i got a nicer microphone um, i see so you plug your mic this is like hold on a so second i'm gonna i'm gonna change my background so you can see it I i'm gonna put on my like, original background i was gonna do for you you like that one <laughs> yeah that's great uh, i love everyone listening right now it's like what the fuck are these guys on oh about? a bunch of cyclists just talking about podcasts and a making a podcast a bunch of cyclist dicks there we go so i'm in the equal vision uh uh west coast studio here and um this is a road uh procaster 
and and I just got nice. that running into this, and I've got my headphone jack on my computer running into the H6, and there we are. So, so for anyone that has listened to the Peer Pleasure podcast for a while now, these are this is how it's done. This is this, this is, is how the sausage. The, um, yeah, this is how the sausage is made. It's a mic <laughs> going into a Zoom recorder. You can't see this. I can see it because yeah. we're on a Zoom call right now. Exactly. And it's, I mean, that's it, folks. That's like, it. Bro. <laughs> Shit, man. I've got an extra Procaster lying around here. Uh, these guys, because I'm not doing in-person shit now because of COVID. I got two. Right. I've got an extra one lying around. I've got, yeah. I have I did most of these episodes like a, where the, this is like. 180 something this episode i've done most of them in my car with a zoom recorder and a microphone <laughs> on my phone 90 percent wow. in my car <laughs> like did you talk to carrie king on your in your car like recording it on your phone dave lombardo dave lombardo okay, yes sorry, dave yeah. lombardo was sitting on my lunch break in the parking lot of a construction <laughs> site on my phone ian mckay i was sitting in the parking lot on my lunch break in the rain in my car that's pretty cool uh, yeah you your first episode i did in my car um <laughs> i did brian from corn the first time he's coming on tomorrow again but he uh he was a great guest but i did it damn high Wait, on is, back pills is, is brian from corn is that monkey or head head the the dreadlock that's guy head. yeah okay Wait, well, they both, no, Monkey is the dreadlock guy. No, Brian's got dreadlocks like down to his ass. Like they're huge. Okay. But if we're going old school, yes. head had, had the, the braids. rubber bands, the braids. the braids. Yeah. And Monkey had the, the dreads back yes. then. Yes. I'm talking like 1998. Corn. Okay. Yeah. You're, like the corn like, I used to listen to. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was the, that was 90. Wow. Yeah. All right. So he's, like, he's coming on tell, tomorrow. Tell us. What is your, like, what's the top thing that you want to ask, um, head from corn? I think I already did the last time I, I had me on, I had him on before. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like I was in my van out front of the back doctor, <laughs> high on pain medication, <laughs> sitting straight up. Cause I was not going to skip this interview and just like talking to him like this, uh, trying not to move because I had to go in and get my back adjusted. I'd been on my back for like a week from work <laughs> and still pulled it off. But, uh. Yeah, no, I just wanted to know about the first record. Like, that's the one that I loved. And hearing about recording that and like, and I don't even care about the recording process. But for some reason on that record, I wanted to know about that. And then like, just, you know, smuggling drugs in your deodorant across um, like federal it, <laughs> country is he still lines. Like, is he still like super like Christianed out? Is that oh, yeah. his thing or is he? Oh, he mm -hmm. is that. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you a, a, a quick funny story about um, Fieldy. Okay. Okay. Perfect. The ba bass player from Corn. Yes. So uh, this was like in Terramello's lore. This was kind of like a thing that existed for a long time. Um, we had this DVD that was a Fieldy bass instructional DVD. Which was like him in a studio, yeah. you know, like talking about how his style of bass and whatever, showing you how to play corn songs. Um, and I don't remember what song it was, but he was explain he was showing you how to play a corn song on bass, which believe it or not, he was, you know, at playing real notes through it. And he's he's telling you, I okay, I, I believe he's saying five, seven, four. Like he's calling out the like the the frets yeah, that yeah. you hit. And 
he's saying five, seven, four, but he's actually, you, you're looking at it and you're like, dude, you're hitting five, six, four. <laughs> and he just ke- continuously calls out five, seven, four. And you're like, man, am I going fucking crazy right now? Cause that looks like he's not hitting seven. <laughs> it, it wasn't exactly that, but it's something like that. You can YouTube this, by the way, it's, it's like the, the mid two thousands, maybe 2008, 2009 fieldy, um, instructional DVD. Okay. And it was the funniest thing ever. And we carried this DVD, <laughs> on tour with us and we'd show it to people like you got to see this fucking fieldy thing it's insane um and and then i just recently looked i like i was trying to find it and you know like i said it's on youtube somewhere and then it turns out he did a new um instructional dvd like or like a youtube series or something there's uh-huh. like more current from the last few years of fieldy doing the same thing like showing you how to play songs yeah and dude i shit you not he does the same thing where he's fucking <laughs> he's saying the wrong thing and uh, <laughs> he's like he's calling out the wrong frets and all the youtube comments are like oh my god he's saying the wrong thing and no one's telling him <laughs> so i was just like oh fuck that's amazing. That is the coolest thing ever that he's still keeping it real by like not knowing like how to play his own songs. Dude, I've got something that you can YouTube after this. I don't know if you've heard of it. Maybe you have. We carried this CD around with us, but it's called Fieldy's Dreams. It's his rap yeah, record. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. You've heard that, it. So that yeah, yeah. In in that um in that DVD and his instructional DVD, <sighs> he goes over the Fieldy's Dream stuff. And, oh my they, god. Fieldy's dreams, they called it something like street hardcore or something. There was like a genre that he had. He he called it um, street metal. I think it was maybe street metal street and metal. Yeah. And that was what Fieldy's dreams was supposed to be. Wow. And he, he, he goes through it a little bit. But yeah, dude, legendary. Oh, corn all I remember, suck. dude. Hundred spoke rims on my bends, black on black Escalade Cadillac. <laughs> oh my God! And, and the beat is with a gun. <laughs> and, oh my God! Yes. And then it's just like, That's good. oh, oh, like, and, like, oh. <laughs> and not to shit on Fieldy. I'm sure he's a great dude. I've never met him, but like. That's funny that those two things together are just fantastic. Because and now yeah. Fieldy's a Christian too. Okay. I think nice. he's a, he's a born again Christian. So yeah, but, but Brian Brian's a fantastic guest, and I've you know I've the first two Corn records I really enjoyed, and I was a lot younger, but I think they hold up now as being something kind of original at the time, and you know, but like, and I know that's a loaded thing, but that's what I told I people ask me like, you talked to Brian from Corn, you're not a Corn fan. I was like, well, I talked about what I wanted to talk about. I didn't bring up you know the other stuff. I brought up the stuff I wanted to know about. And, uh, if I had my own podcast and I was going to talk to Brian Head Welch mm-hmm. from Corn, I would probably center it upon the second record, which is Life is Peachy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I still maintain that that record is fucking crazy. Yeah. If you take the vocals, if you like, if you were to listen to an instrumental version of that record, mm-hmm. because, you know, like if you, any adding vocals to like a metal band, you either like make it or you break it in corn's mm. case. Obviously they made it, but like, it's not necessarily my style. I don't yeah, really like sure. that whole vibe, but I always thought the music on that record was so weird and different and dissonant and new that it just like, I've always thought about that. Mm-hmm. And I, I can still listen to those songs and be like, dude, what clown my, I, okay. I'm 37. And the, 
the music scene that I came up on in, like we clowned on corn, right? Whereas like, it's kind of a weird thing because now I notice like people that are my age or maybe let's say two or three years younger than me, they like wholeheartedly like are into corn and it's not ironic. And like, they love incubus and corn and like that type of shit mm-hmm, where I'm like, mm-hmm. Whoa, the punk rock scene that I grew up in, that was a no, no. You know, I didn't like go around talking about like, well, I don't know guys, the music that like the guitars on this corn record are kind of interesting. I just kept mm-hmm. that on the low. Cause I'm like, no, 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 you don't talk about that. This fucking <laughs> punk rock, hardcore shit, you know? But um, anyways, yeah, I've always thought that, the music on that second record was so alien and different sounding. I like to this day, I'm like, I don't know what those dudes were like referencing to get those sounds. And they're using pedals and whammy pedals and sorts of weird shit and doing weird sounds. Like, like I said, very alien sounding Mm -hmm. and for it to be tuned to that low and to be that kind of like weird groove thing. And like David Silveria doing like his really like, kind of like neat fills and i don't know i just i think that's like a cool musically speaking i think it's a cool record i can't really like back the vocals i get it i respect it yeah but i'm not into it but i I will say i am into the music on that record i think it's really interesting dude i i agree and and the funny thing we got on talking about was on if you go listen to daddy the last song on the first record where he's like crying Right. Brian was like high and thought he was kidding. And you hear him laughing in the background. <laughs> That's him laughing in the booth. And they left it on of him laughing at John. Wow. And before he realized it was serious and I, he felt bad about it, I guess. But like it's you can literally hear him laughing if you go back and listen to that with headphones on uh, him laughing at John having a fucking mental breakdown. Uh, wow. But yeah, dude, that I'm going to, I'm going to have to bring you up to Brian tomorrow. Then we, we talked about this because he, they used like, they were using like those pedals that no one, like, like you're popular for say like the DOD stuff and like the, but like the, like grunge pedal and like the, the Ibanez tone lock stuff that you can yeah. get some cool shit out of speaking of like Mark from dredge using those echo pedals. Holy shit. Um, in, in the fieldy DVD, he talks about the hyper fuzz pedal, which is like a famous boss pedal um, that, and he says it was like, he's it's two modes. It's a fuzz pedal. And there's like kind of like a converge buzz saw like mode, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Mids just like high fuzz, like just fucking saw your head off sound. Yeah. And then there's a really shitty, like scooped mid sound <laughs> on it. And of course feeling was like, nah, this one sucks, but this one's good. And it's the shitty sound. Yeah. yeah. And, and fieldy says that, he would buy up every one of those pedals that he could get. If I remember this correctly. Wow. And he was like, I just, so I own so many of this hyper fuzz pedal, which like, that's a hard to come by pedal. You don't just see that. It's not like a boss DS one. It's like, if you see a hyper fuzz for under a hundred bucks, grab it, you know? Yeah. But like, yeah, there's all to say like those guys like used really cool sounds mm-hmm. and were like on another level in terms of like, writing heavy music you know I, I know like that sort of thing existed already but like just to be a mainstream like band that was like doing that like what the first song on follow the leader is twist right no uh, on on life is peachy yeah the uh it's tw- yeah twist it's the one right out now, that where it just starts yeah, out with that's both- that's life is peachy sorry yeah, life follow is peachy. the leader is the first record life is peachy the second record like 
that music for that to be the fucking first song on that record and <laughs> and like fuck it let's talk about the vocal like him doing those vocals you're like dude this band is so fucked up yeah like this scatting. is insane you know <laughs> yeah well and then there's the bonus track right the life is peachy uh-huh. bonus track which is just the soloed vocal it's yeah. like the vocal stem yeah. of him just just isolated which that's hilarious i'm sure brian must have thought that was really funny too that he might he have the, dude if he thought the daddy tick was yeah. funny he must have really liked the twist he was pretty high i'm sure i think that was back when they were all (laughs) meth addicts at that time but like uh, well if if you brought my name up to brian head welch i would be honored if like that guy just heard someone else like talking about me that'd be really fucking i'm gonna find a way to bring you up to him tomorrow yeah just crowbar my name in. yeah like first thing brian can you hear me okay (laughs) yeah we're good all right so nick reinhardt from terramelis uh and i were talking about fieldy's bass lessons last night and uh has he figured out how to play those songs yet (laughs) what's up with if i say five seven four what does that do to you oh it's five six four what are you talking about okay yeah 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 exactly has fieldy figured out how to play blind yet yes uh <laughs> maybe, maybe that's uh yeah maybe we'll talk about church or something maybe we'll talk about jesus who knows i don't i'm sure, not opposed man. to it but i i really look forward to that we didn't talk about it last time out. yeah i will absolutely be checking that one out yes sure. if you want to if you want to pass meth from country to country put it in the white deodorant underneath pack the deodorant back in on top of it and put it in your bag great and you're great. set good to know you're good set. to know netwest as soon as touring starts back up i know mm-hmm. where to stash all my meth that is also a a premise for your podcast is how do you smuggle drugs or how would you <laughs> smuggle drugs maybe you'd only talk to straight edge people that how would you how would you smuggle drugs yeah like get into the mind of like a straight edger to be like well like you don't do drugs how would you get drugs yeah. from point a you transport them you know? though right <laughs> Yeah. You don't have to do them. Like, <laughs> oh man, can you like imagine? Ian that could be the next Ian Bakai interview. Like, dude, yes. so we got how? Let's say you know, let's say Fugazi gets back together. You know, yeah. God forbid. I know you don't want to talk about that, but let's just say it happens, and all of a sudden you're, you know, a drug mule, God and forbid. you need to get meth amphetamines from Washington D.C. To you know, uh, where's corn from? Uh, San, San Bernardino or something like? No, no, no. They're from uh, or, what the fuck? Not Stockton, not Modesto. Bakersfield. They, they're not Bakersfield. 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 Okay. Bakersfield. Okay. Ian, yes. Ian Mackay needs to get fucking meth from DC <laughs> to Bakersfield on the Fugazi reunion. Uh-huh. How do you do it? And there you go. That, that's a that's a podcast. <laughs> then that comes up where there's an actual, and this is not to. Uh, to knock recovery in any way but you know how there's a program for everything it seems like well wonder if there's a program out there for people that got addicted to swallowing balloons of drugs but not actually doing them something about swallowing and passing the balloons became an obsession but they'd never done drugs before they just actually pass it through them well i just watched a movie oh, no. the other night called swallow which was um on pornhub you know 
you know the <laughs> no you know this show um my weirdest addiction or my yes, addiction the people that eat like hand like, sanitizer and shit yeah yeah so, uh-huh. so that's this movie was based on a woman that like swallows shit so she's just like she she's kind of challenging herself to see like the biggest like gnarliest items that she can swallow and it's like a drama <laughs> weird movie but like so i guess what i'm saying is like that that is a thing that's like a just you know, on my strange addiction, that, yeah. I don't know what, what that's called, but that is a thing of people like whatever that uh, affliction is or disease of like where you're obsessed with just like swallowing shit, you know? Oh my God. It's weird. She's got a promising career in many I guess ways. I've got, I've got a lot of like good ideas for my new podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm realizing the swallow podcast with Nick Reinhardt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there you go, dude. Oh, this is uh, this has been a lot of fun, dude. I, I I knew it would be, and I did not know where we would go, and we went to some excellent places. Uh, we sure did. I'm I'm so glad that you invited me back on, dude. I, anytime, anytime. You'd be a part three guest. There's only been one of those so far, I think. And that no, yeah, one uh, th- Eddie from Thrice, but he came on with the full band, then with his other band, and then by himself. Nice. So well, technically. I've got things cooking, you know, maybe the next time I've got some magic going on. I think I'll just leave it at that. But I think when I, when I get this thing that I kind of like got rolling on Uh mid COVID, I think it'll be pretty cool. And maybe I'll like, just kind of start like stoking that fire of like, Oh yeah. You know, like be on the lookout. I'm working on something that I'm like pretty stoked on and it's, you know, new territory for me. And I think it'll be like a really cool, interesting thing. So maybe that will be a reason, um, you know, to come back on and do this again. Of course, someday. dude, not that there's ever a reason needed. We just shoot the shit. That's go. what this show's all about, <laughs> man. And it's, it's fucking awesome. And, uh, yeah, you should develop a weird addiction while you're in COVID lockdown that you then are embarrassed of later. And, and yeah. All right. So final your final question to me, I'm going to just pose it for you. Sure. I'm going to do you the favor. Um, Nick Reinhardt, what is your weird addiction? Like if I have to like choose yeah. one. Yeah, you have to choose one. Um, okay. Let me give me a sec. Okay. I'm going through like my day to day routines. Um, yeah, it's not weird. I don't, I really don't do like, I'm not like that weird of a guy, but yeah, I'm really into the settlers of Catan board game. It's like, so I have a board game group that we play online. We get like a zoom call going and then we play on this thing called tabletop simulator every Monday. And we've done it. We haven't missed a week all COVID. Um, and basically all of us, and it, it's like musician friends and it's mm-hmm, this whole thing, mm-hmm. but like, it's what we look, it's like what has kept me sane through COVID is playing this board game online called the settlers of Catan. And, um, it's not, it's not a necessarily a strange thing. It's not swallowing a fucking piece of a foam mattress, <laughs> but like, it is like, it's a thing. Like we're, we have to do it every week. We fight over it. There's hurt feelings and we, we leave it at the table every week, you know, but, um, that's been something that has like brought me joy. Well, for years now, but specifically through COVID, it's like, we would all be like lost without playing this fucking board game through COVID. So if uh, off the top of my head, if I have to choose kind of a strange addiction, I guess it's like, 
what, a board game. You guys play this fucking board game like religiously. That's kind of weird. <laughs> and that's the weirdest thing about me, I guess. Dude, it's not weird at all. It's not weird at all. I had <laughs> I had uh, Andy from Fall Out Boy on yesterday, and and he had the full setup. He had the SM7B and the headphones and everything. I was like, man, are you starting a podcast? He's like, no, I'm playing D and D online. And I was like, dude, <laughs> yes, okay. That makes sense, right? You got you got yeah. some money, you buy all the gear and, and do your thing. You're going to be locked away. I will tell you this, though. I did follow up. So when we talked last, I do remember joking about the Dave K and the, the DL4, calling it the Dave L4. And I did bring it up to him when I had him on the podcast. And he thought it was funny. Nice. The, the Dave L4, the yeah. custom model. Yeah, and I don't think it ever happened. Those. But I told him because he was doing that thing with you, I wasn't able to go to where you guys came to that pedal demo. I was like, tell Nick about the Dave L4. That's right. And I don't know if he ever told you about it, but it was like going to be like the next day or something like that. And I was like, remember to tell Nick too, the Dave L4. Too funny. Yeah, I, I remember seeing him there. Anyway. <laughs> cool. Well, well, there dude, you go. You need to go lay down and rest your fucking pinched nerve damn dude yeah thanks for the reminder basically this thing just fucking like just starts throbbing as at like 11 o'clock it just starts going fucking buck wild but yeah no uh if if anyone out there is suffering from like any sort of muscle pain or you know anywhere i just took this old sock and i filled it with uh uncle ben's rice i had a full box and i put a zip tie so i have the i have a box full of zip ties that i use for like pedal cables yeah i've had this box of zip ties for fucking 10 years it was like a 500 pack and i just put the zip tie at the end of the sock when i filled it up and you microwave it for three to four minutes and it keeps its heat like truly and then you can just kind of like apply it to whatever body part you want and it really like gives you a nice amount of relief so i'm gonna go microwave my sock and i'm gonna uh pull up a movie i think and watch a movie Dude, that'll be the rest of my night awesome you know what you do you put a little lavender essential oil on that sock uh and it will actually help uh calm you down for sleep that's a great idea because Obviously, this thing smells like fucking cooked rice, yeah. you know, because I've fucking microwaved it so many times. It like it's I'm kind of getting used to it. But yeah. yeah, it smells like fucking rice. So I could use some some lavender. That, that's a good call. And you could I'll, also I'll Google the Dave Chappelle SNL skit where he's Uncle Ben and he's, they're firing Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben and the Allstate. It was guy. great. You that, saw you know it. What? OK, I have I, I got four seen, cheese. Biz basmati. I, well, that that was on. Um, was that on election night? Yeah, I think so. Whatever that wasn't it. Would, yeah. That, or, or it was on, maybe it wasn't election night. It, it was, uh, the, the Oh yeah. Biden Cause election night would have been a Tuesday. A so yeah, it was a few nights before, but, um, that, that was like the Saturday that, that Biden was talking yeah. and I hadn't seen, God, we just keep going off on these fucking tangents. People are like, Count already. <laughs> but it was just funny because I hadn't seen an episode of Saturday night live in probably a decade mm -hmm. but i watched that one i was like oh crazy yeah dave chappelle and i'm yeah, actually that, chocolate that was, yeah <laughs> no i'm literally yeah. chocolate so am i <laughs> i'm chocolate <laughs> that was good actually e even like when i when i just said a second ago like oh yeah i filled it with baker ben's rice i was like oh i know there's kind of controversy over like aunt jemima and baker ben's right now and that's like not cool so i was like i kind of second guess should i say that i don't know it's whatever has been rice from the place down yeah. the street <laughs> <laughs> it's organic jasmine it's organic rice, jasmine rice free, yeah. free range free trade 
yeah. It's not the racist. It's Baker not the ben racist. Right. <laughs> Did you say yeah. Baker Ben? <laughs> Wait, what is it? Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. <laughs> Baker Ben's is Baker Ben's is a legendary donut shop from where I grew up that was open 24 hours that we used to get donuts from. Uncle Claude's Sorry. Uncle Claude's rice. Turn it down. <laughs> Take that pan Uncle and turn Cla- it down. Dude, it's it's Uncle Claude's organic turn, jasmine rice. Turn it down Take and it'll be great. I'll make it great for you. Oh my God. Dude. Yeah, there you go. Okay, All right. that's it. That's, that's it. it. Nick Reinhardt, thank you so much, my friend. This has been thank awesome. You. And please say All hi to Juan for me and please say hi to John for me if you talk you, to him before I do. You got it. Uh, thank you. Thanks to everyone listening. Much obliged. Awesome, bro. We'll talk to you soon. Cool, dude. All right. Later, Dewey. See you later. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that part two conversation with Nick Reinhart from Terramelos. One of my favorite people. This dude is an, just an, a, he's a fucking amazing, talented person. And uh, hopefully you guys, if you have not heard of Terramelos, go check him out. Go check out all his stuff. Go check him out on socials. Go watch the Pedals and Effects channel on YouTube and just see how he takes a pedal and, and approaches it. It's really interesting. Um, but yeah, much love to Nick for coming back on and being just an awesome dude. Hopefully you guys got a lot out of that. I know a lot of the listeners that, that listen to Nick's stuff, uh, nerd out a lot on guitar stuff. So I hope I threw enough of that in there for you. Um, but it's something I like to not necessarily focus on, on this show because it's, it's, uh, more about the person than the, the craft. So anyways, two episodes left after this of the 12 days of peer pleasure taking us all the way to Christmas. Fuck, man, I might even throw an extra episode in there. Maybe we'll do one. Maybe we'll do one Christmas Eve night. I don't know. Maybe. That would be three in two days. I don't know how much fucking time you guys have. But let me know. Let me know. Email me. PeerPleasurePod at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought of this 12 days of peer pleasure. Was it too much? Was it not enough? Was it just right? Was it fucking insane? Should we never do it again? Let me know. Let me know how many episodes you've listened to up to this point. And if you've listened to one a day, if you listen to two, let me know. I'm just curious on the feedback on that because fuck it. We'll probably still do it, but I would love to, uh, I would love to get the feedback anyway. All right, guys, I've got two episodes left to build and make happen for you. I'm going to do that now. So I'm going to get out of here, but as always much love and we'll see you on the radio.
It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out? And stop listening to other podcasts. Thank you. <laughs>